Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so glad you're here. Let's get to it. Michelle and Summer, I am so excited to have you guys here today. We're so excited too. Um, Thank you for being here. For anyone who does not know these two lovely ladies, they run a website called She Works His Way and they're coming out with a book. When does the book come out? October 12th. October 12th. 10, 12. 10, 12. 10, 12. It's coming soon. It is. I'm so excited. I, I watched your book trailer this morning after having a conversation with Bob about how I was just so overwhelmed with working. He was like, I thought you were going to be doing this and you're doing this instead. And I was like, I feel so torn between my kids and between work and what you want me to do and all this stuff. And then I watched your book trailer and I was like, God is answering my prayers right now. It's so good. So I want to hear from you guys just about a lot, honestly, about everything, but give us just kind of like a premise of your book and how this is and your website and your ministry and how this is all coming out. Well, let's go back to the beginning okay? and recognize She Works His Way did not start as a website, a book, or anything professional, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) It was four friends on Google Hangout at five o'clock in the morning weekly, asking each other the same questions that we still ask each other now, because we felt the same tension that you talked about with Bob this morning. We still feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that we never feel the tension anymore. Uh-huh. It's that we understand that there is a God over the tension. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we can release the tension is to give it over to him mm-hmm. and to talk about it and to have people that hold us accountable and to have his word as our guide, because the world is so noisy and so confusing. And so we can go to his word for real time guidance for everything that we really need to know, because there's a lot of information out there and we don't need to know a lot of it, right. but we need his wisdom. We need to know what his word says. And so it was four friends. It was me and Summer and our two other friends, Liz and Emily. And we just felt this tension and wanted to talk about it. And so we just kept talking about what God was teaching us and the practical ways that we were trying to walk it out and asking each other the hard questions that we knew were necessary And over the years, there's been more ways that that conversation has happened. More women have been invited in, but that was the core reason why it started. And it's still the reason why it exists today. I love that because I mean, that's really what it is. When Bob and I were talking about talking to you today, he was like, how would you ask a friend about this? And I was like, oh, well, I really just tell them what's going on and then just listen to their wisdom because (laughs) it's like, sometimes you just need that other perspective of how have you gone through this? How have you walked through this? And that's really what I want to hear from you guys. Another thing I'm super excited about is, again, when I watched this book trailer, you talked about how you realized there were answers in the word for what you were dealing with. This is something that's so exciting to me because I feel like for a long time, we've all been looking at what the world is telling us to do 
how we have to be getting things done and girl boss and all that stuff. And you guys are like, but what does God actually say about it? And I would love to hear some of that from you. Yeah. What does the word say about being a working mom? Like work from home mom or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All of the things, but with mom tagged onto them. Yes, Yes, exactly. I think that was the part about the four of us being together that was so, so cool because we were all working women. We had all been to business conferences and training. We'd, we'd done the personal development. We'd listened to the ways of the world. And so much of it was good information. It was smart ways to work. It was to be the most productive. And so what we realized is in trying to do that, there was something missing. We were still without energy. We still felt unfulfilled, discontent. We were discouraged all the time. Discouraged was a big one, Mm -hmm. but we were doing all the things that they told us to do. And so I think what it took was four friends to be able to say, Hey, listen, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. You're a believer and Jesus is bigger and he knows better. And there's a different way. And even if some of the tools and techniques that the world gave us were good and they worked, without being channeled in the right direction, they were leading us down the wrong path, which was causing all of the discouragement. So Matthew 6.33 is sort of our She Works His Way verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And that right there was the first place we started, that when we looked to Jesus first, when we ordered things in a way where it was God first, everything else came the way that it should come. And so the tools and the techniques and the personal development and the training and all the skills and work that we've done and the gifts that God's given us, all of those things, they were submitted to him. He was ordered first. He was made the priority and everything else came and just complemented our Christian life instead of competed with it. And that was where the freedom came in because it's so much better to compliment than to compete, right? So there was just freedom. There was rest. There was just the encouragement from each other to go, it's okay to see it that way. It's okay to travel that way. And not all the time does it look normal to the rest of the world. That I need to make sure is clear right here, okay? So (laughs) it is absolutely at times the most ridiculous, odd way to live our life as Mm -hmm. believers, but the fulfillment, the peace, the contentment, it trumps all the rest of it. And Mm -hmm. it's truly the place where people can see Jesus in us most. So it just, it works, but we need each other to keep telling each other that because you will feel crazy. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. That scripture. I I, I'm taking notes as you guys are talking, (laughs) because I'm like, I got to, I I really want to remember this stuff and like put it into practice the next time I'm just feeling you know, overwhelmed with all the things, mm. everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, okay. So I would love to hear what does this practically, like, how did you practically incorporate this into your life? Because in order to seek God first, mm. you have to be intentional about making a change, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's a daily decision that we have to make. And so if you think about the solution that the world offers us. They tell us that work-life balance is what would work. And so it's what we end up pursuing. But as believers, what ends up happening is that we're trying to be everything that God tells us to be and everything that the world tells us that we should be. Mm-hmm. We're trying, we're sub- simultaneously striving to do both. And consequently, 
we end up feeling like we're failing in, <laughs> in both places. Yeah. And so it takes a conscious effort to mm-hmm. daily say, okay, God, I'm handing it over to you again. Mm-hmm. I am choosing your way again. I am abandoning my way. I'm abandoning what I want, what I think should happen. And I am seeking you with everything that I have, knowing that obedience has never let me down. Uh, case in point, going my way, choosing my way, disobedience, it has, it has let me down before quite a few times, actually. Yeah. But following God, doing what he wants me to do, soaking in his truth and believing it, even if I don't fully understand it, mm-hmm. but choosing to walk in it and choosing to trust it, that is like Summer was talking about, the, the freedom that comes in, because otherwise we end up compartmentalizing our lives, are trying to make everything equal and fair, which doesn't work. No. And so instead of trying to do all of those things, what if it's simply seeing my life through the lens of the gospel, of my entire purpose of why I'm here, why I am allowed this life is because of what Jesus did for me. And so now acting on what Jesus did for me, understanding that I have two main responsibilities, loving God and loving others and making disciples. Mm-hmm. And I get to do that in every area that I go. That's my purpose in my home. That's my purpose in my church. That's my purpose in my workplace. Does that mean that there aren't real tasks and real responsibilities? No, but why I'm there What's going to get my energy? What's going to get my effort is loving God, loving others and making disciples and everything else is extra. Wow. That is really good. I'm like, I need to sit sit on that for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. And one thing that we love to do here is simplify. We want to simplify because truly God's word and what he asks of us it's simple and we're not saying it's easy, but is it is a simple concept. We yeah. even had it modeled for us. So it's a simple concept with a perfect model, Jesus, who we can see exactly how he lived and we can literally copy that. And that's 100%. That is the Christian life. That is the goal. That is what we're supposed to do. However, in saying that it is simple and that it has been modeled does not mean that it is easy and we fully understand that. So it is a, it is a practice. We practice this every single day. We say the reason that she works his way is here. What we do is we don't just come up with content all day, every day to try to teach you something new that nobody else is saying. Mm -hmm. We just remind you of what Jesus already said. And then we grab your shoulders and we point you back at him every time we get off track. (laughs) That's what we have to do. And here's the thing. For the most part, we get off track a lot. Me, my hand is up included get off track. So I need someone to take me and point me back in the right direction. And that's the practical way that we move in the right direction is that mind shift that starts to change. When Michelle said it, you start to see eternity Mm -hmm. before you see right now. Mm -hmm. And then everything through that eternal lens becomes this picture of uh, that's much clearer of should I do that? Should I not do that? Should I step this way? Should I not step this way? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? It all becomes clearer through the lens of eternity mm-hmm. yeah. and not the lens of right now. That's so yes. good. 
One of the the things that I replay over and over in my mind is that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And then at the end, it says, the things of this earth will grow strangely Mm -hmm. dim. Yes. Yes. And that's something that I feel like I have to constantly be going, okay, your eyes are on something else because all of this Mm -hmm. stuff is illuminated and really only Jesus should be illuminated because once we keep our eyes on him, all the, the, the things that make me feel crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Out <laughs> and, and kind of are like, oh, that's not as important as I thought. I think you guys posted something on Instagram. I don't know, a week or two ago, maybe that said, is this going to matter in when I am in eternity? Like what? Right. In light of inter- eternity, does this actually matter? Mm-hmm. Which is so challenging. And I was like, I needed to hear that so bad because yeah. I mean, yeah. everything feels like a big deal in the moment. Yeah, It's the same thing like where scripture talks about how it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And no offense feels minor in the moment. Like mm-hmm. everything feels big, which is why we have to step back. And instead of looking at self, which is the easiest and most convenient thing to see at all times. Mm-hmm. It's like you just said, fixing our eyes and yeah. putting it back on Jesus and giving it that perspective of, okay, when I stand before the Lord, will this matter? Right. And if it will, then by all means proceed. Mm-hmm. If it won't, it doesn't really matter. That is so good. Okay. One of the other things I wanted you to talk about, and you, you talked about this a little bit, but was, is the idea of resting. I feel like, hold on a second, as a mom, as a working mom, <laughs> and just as a mom in general, like, let's be real. I can actually rest. You know what I mean? Because even it's like you lay down at night and the to-do list starts going through your brain, right? And it's like, I have to have a pad of paper by my bed so that I can write down all the things <laughs> for the next day. I want to hear more about that. Okay. Permission to rest. <laughs> I'm going to give it to everybody. Seriously. Permission to rest here's how we see rest. Mm -hmm. We see it as a productive way to prepare yourself to do the work of the Lord better. It's necessary. And as working women, as women in general, you know what? I'm going to go even broader. This is a human issue. This is not a woman issue. This is a human issue. We idolize so many things in our lives that we have to just stop idolizing. It can be our work. It can be our family. It can be our exercise. And all of those things end up coming before rest. Rest is a way to say, I surrender this, to say, it's okay for me to step back, for me to slow down, for me to just take a beat so that Lord, you can show me that you have this so Mm -hmm. that you can prove that you truly are in charge of everything. When we can't rest, it's usually because we think that for some reason we're actually controlling things. And this idea that we are in charge and that we are controlling things is just a matter of us not truly understanding who God is. And I know that sounds rough because understanding who God is also takes intentional effort, but he wants us to know him. It's Mm -hmm. not like we're studying a mystery. He Mm -hmm. wants us to know who he is. So as we approach him. And as we approach his word and as we pray, and as we grow in an intimate relationship with him, he reveals himself more and more and more. He becomes closer and more evident in the moment. And then rest becomes the sweet thing that is not 
hiding away from the world and feeling guilty and knowing that you're going to pay for it later, you know, laundry's not going to get done or whatever. And it is this just freedom to surrender, to sit back and to worship, truly Mm -hmm. to worship. You get everything else doesn't get your attention. Only Jesus gets your attention. We talk about Sabbath all the time at She Works His Way. It's very, very important to us. It is rest. Mm -hmm. It is rest. So the moment you feel guilty for resting, I think you need to take it to Jesus. I really do. Because your guilt can't supersede the conviction that he will bring when you are obedient in rest. Yes. That's really good. Because, yeah, and I mean, the, the difference between condemnation or guilt and conviction of the Holy Spirit is just Ooh. that the conviction is peaceful, That's right? right? But also, like, we know his voice and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. So when that conviction comes, we already know his voice, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So that is so good. I really love that. And I love that the, the rest is worship for us. Yes, and it's me, laying down an idol. Go ahead. Sorry. Look, I want to add two things to that. Rest is a topic that I'm super passionate about because I'm really bad at it. And so I feel like God has had to teach me over and over and over again about rest. Mm-hmm. So the first one, let's let's go really practical so far. Because I think yeah. that when we, I don't know what people typically think of when they think of rest, but rest actually comes in a lot of different forms. Rest is not merely sleep. Mm-hmm. Rest is not merely lack of activity. And so I know for me, one of the ways that I feel the most rested is related to how much solitude that I have. And I know that in certain seasons of life, solitude is harder to come by, especially when the pandemic shuts school down and kids come home, uh, you know, or something. Absolutely. So solitude is, is something for me. Mm-hmm. that I really didn't understand how to articulate. Cause in the newborn season, for example, my husband would never understand. He'd be like, you were up last night with a newborn. Why are you up early? And I'm like, because I need my alone time more than I need sleep. Yeah. And so know yourself and know how you recharge mm-hmm. and prioritize that. I'm not advocating for not sleeping. I'm just saying it's more than sleep and it's bigger than sleep. And then Summer mentioned Sabbath. And this is an area where I feel like God has had to break me down. And I've had to go like in stages and steps where I've understood Sabbath. And I feel like my first step of understanding Sabbath was understanding it as a time tithe of God, I am laying down one seventh of my productivity. I'm laying it at your feet. I don't, I know that you can do more with me in six days than I could do with myself in seven. And while that was a great first step, it wasn't a good place to land. Mm. And so in really thinking about the Sabbath and why God set it in place for us, a day of rest, a day of worship, what that does is that is what eternity is going to be for us. Eternity is going to be rest. Eternity is going to be worship. That is what it's going to look like. And so this is our weekly reminder of what our future gets to look like because of Jesus. It is like, it is like a picture of heaven. And so when you see it with that perspective and when you run after it and when you practice it, like Summer said, it takes time. But when you practice it with that perspective, oh, like missing it becomes Mm non-negotiable. Missing it becomes like, because it is that I need that. To be able to have that eternal perspective throughout the week, I have to have that weekly anchor. 
-hmm. where I remind myself, this is what my future holds because of Jesus. Mm. I love that, man. Bob and I have done a lot of, you know, circuit, what's the word I'm looking for? Seeking the Lord. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) In this area, because I feel like he's called us to periods of rest that have been more extended. We did, we do a month every year we, we take as rest. And then we did a year in 2017. We, Bob, Bob took the entire year off of work and it was one of those, are you sure Lord that this is what you want us to do? But it's put us on this journey of like finding out what that actually should look like. And so hearing that thing about this is what heaven is going to be like for us. It's going to be that eternal Sabbath of the worship and the uh, resting in him. I just, man, that is, that's just blowing my mind. That is so good. And it, it, it is, it's like, we have to keep our mind on what is coming because I feel like in this world, we're just looking to what is temporary. So, yeah. so much. It's like, let me get Botox in my whole face and <laughs> do everything to make myself look good right now, which I'm not judging anybody who does that, but spending all of our money, like getting ourselves into a position where we have nothing to give when God asks us to give because we're trying to fix something so temporary. I just think that a shift needs to take place to where what we have, our resources and everything, our time, which is exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying, needs to be funneled into how does God want me to spend it? And I love that keeping that eternal perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's so good. Okay. I want to know what does this look like practically? So you mentioned that thing about knowing what makes you feel rested and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. What for you guys specifically, for each of you specifically, what does that look like? What have you decided? Okay. I am no longer doing this on my day of rest. I'm spontaneous. So I can't plan for anything or It's just, I don't know. It handcuffs me to misery when there is too much of a plan. So everything has to be kind of like fly by the seat of your pants. I know you all pray for my husband, but that's just how I'm (laughs) wired. And my husband is also a pastor. So Sunday is not a Sabbath for us. So we have to choose other days that are Sabbaths. But even when I try to make a plan, like to be good and make a plan, it doesn't typically happen. So for me, it's got to be different. And rest always looks different. Rest sometimes looks like sweatpants and Netflix binging and dark chocolate. And that's just what it is. Uh And then other times it looks like going to a city, walking, sightseeing, moving. So like adventure. Yes. Mm -hmm. It depends on, I guess, my mood and probably my season of life. Mm -hmm. But that's truly for me, it goes, it, it can't be the same thing every time. Or then it's not rest, then it's a punishment. I love that. Same thing for me. It's not about rules. It's not about rules. It's about, I need to seek the Lord. So think about it in the way that you would any other relationship. And so if there were rules about how you were supposed to date and hang out with your husband, right? it has to look this way and this can't happen, it would ruin because everybody would be so worried about breaking a rule or something happening. And so it truly is just about, okay, how can I have some time where what is at the forefront of my mind Mm -hmm. is the glory of God and who he is and just lean into that. And so for me in the summer months, it looks like about 45 minutes on a paddleboard Mm. because 
there's no technology. I usually can't, can't really, I mean, I'm just looking at the water and I don't know, water's my place and my thing where I feel like I, everybody's, I I think right. Right. I think it might be, but it's just easy for me to be in awe of God when there's a big body of water. So anytime that I can get to water, Summer knows like there's a park that's not too far from my house that has a lake that's gross and kind of dirty, but it doesn't matter in a pinch it'll work. <laughs> in a pinch it'll work. And so I will go and I will brave the killer ducks that exist there and sit at a bench and stare at the water and just have a few moments where I'm in awe of God. That's mm-hmm. how I know she's not okay. When I find out she's <laughs> with the killer ducks, I'm like, oh my goodness. I actually okay. think that they're geese. I'm going to try to be fair to ducks. Okay. I'm pretty sure they're geese. And those, they hiss, by the way, if you didn't know yeah. that. Geese are, they're, they're territorial. They're... It's another thing. <laughs> you guys, Michelle is so terrified of birds. Everyone just needs to know that. So whatever she says about anything that flies, like take it down like 70%. <laughs> she's terrified. I knew that oh, it was really? at another. Well, yeah, I knew that it was at another level. My son, who's ten now, he was about two or three, and we were coming out of the grocery store, and he like came over and like lunged at me protectively, and was like, "Mom, it's a dirty animal." Because <laughs> that's apparently what I call birds. I'm like, "Oh, you call them tiny animals? <laughs> dirty animals? Even oh, dirty animals? <laughs> I mean, what about like flamingos and? I mean, listen." And anything in a cage from a distance, I'll take it. But that's awesome. If it's free Crazy. in the world, I'm out. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, I love these different perspectives. I'm so happy for you that you get to live near a large body of water. <laughs> really happy for you. But that that's me. Like when we go on vacation, if we're at a beach, I'm like, peace out. I'm walking by myself for a half hour to an hour. Cause that is my, that's my rest too. Is it's like, I feel yeah. so energized. I feel like I can actually talk to God and not be interrupted, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I love that your perspective summer is that you need change. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. How can the husbands, like what advice do you have for the husbands? Yeah, that's it. Of a working woman. Is that what you just, yes. Just of a, she this, works as a woman. Uh, yes. I rarely talk to husbands. So I'm trying to come up with the smartest way. I I guess I could just tell you what I need for my husband, what helps me. And that's just a listening ear and not necessarily fixing it. Mm. I think a lot of what we walk through as women needs processed and rarely do we have time to process it in the moment. So our husbands become our processors. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful and if we're not open and honest and very vocal about the fact that all we need them to do is to listen, then more than likely they will also try to fix. And so if you're overwhelmed in life and you're overwhelmed with the kids and you're overwhelmed at work and you're overwhelmed with the things you've signed up for and that you've committed to, their answer will always be, you've signed up for too much. You need to quit something. And you will always be frustrated because you know that you did it, that you just You just needed to vent. You needed to give it over to Jesus. You needed to be better with your time. I mean, there are a lot of things that we can do better in those moments, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to be clear about what we want from them. And a lot of times I just have to say, I just need you to listen and I just need you to hear me. And I'm tired 
and today was hard. I have no other expectations. I know that life is hard. I know that things are hard. I know that there are seasons that are just going to be exhausting for me. So as long as you'll listen, I don't need to change anything. I'm not trying to quit anything. You're not failing as a provider or the man of our home in any way. And then if you have a husband who will, ask him to pray for you. Mm-hmm. There are moments where I'm just like, and sometimes I don't even, I don't want you to pray for me out loud. I don't even want to be here for it. I'm going to leave the room and I need you to just pray for me. And when I come back, I'm going to hope that it worked. Yeah. And you know what? So often it does. It changes perspectives and attitudes and just makes you more grateful. So maybe. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's really well put that it's like, we just need to process out loud sometimes. And because they're there, they're the ones that get to hear the process instead yeah. of, cause that's Bob too. He's like, here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, I don't need, I really don't need your plan. I just need you to listen to me because he's like, well, just, you know, don't make lunch for the kids. I'm like, well, you know, my oldest one is seven. You know what I mean? It's like the, the idea is that's not really his thing, but it's like the ideas he comes up with. I'm like, that's actually not helping. You're making me feel more overwhelmed almost every time. Right. But being able to articulate, I just Mm -hmm. need, I need to process out loud. That's so good. Michelle, what did you want to say? I think the only thing that I would add to that is just sometimes I feel I'm going to venture to say that if you're still listening at this point, that you're probably married to a pretty strong woman. And so (laughs) because you're married to a strong woman, sometimes it's easy for you to not know that she's struggling. Mm. And so I would just remind you that you are her soft place. If you think she might be struggling, but she just hasn't said anything to you yet, if you bridge that conversation and if you just ask like, Hey, are you okay? Do you need to talk? Is there, is there anything that I can do? Can I pray for you? Like if you take that step, like number one, she's probably going to (laughs) cry. Even if she's not a crier, hundred percent. Yeah, you coming, you coming to her and asking that and checking on her and being that strong place for her since she is a strong place for so many other people is huge. I mean, it's why it's, it's why she married you, man. I'm so excited about this. And I really, I cannot wait to read this book. She works his way. It's coming out October 12th. Yes. Find their, find them on their website, which is the same. She works his way.com. Right. And you're on all the other platforms too. I'm sure they can find you everywhere. Yes. Yes. The The interwebs. We're everywhere. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up. Knock, knock. Who's there? Leaf. Leaf who? Leave us a review on iTunes, please. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Know we are praying for you and we'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) 